just finished speaking with Janine in Zimbabwe. They are on day four of their lockdown with only eight confirmed cases so far. So listen on for a very interesting chat. Hi everyone, I'm here with Rue from Harare in Zimbabwe. How are you, Rue? I'm good, thank you, given everything that's going on. Okay, and what is going on there? Well, we are on um, day four of a, of a national shutdown. Um, okay. It's a near complete shutdown, but most of us are staying home and limited to essential travel, that kind of thing. I imagine lots of people around the world are in a similar position, but um, we're sort of working from home, but not. It feels like a Saturday, <laughs> although it's a Thursday. <laughs> and it's just our sense of normal just feels very disrupted. and on some level feeling a little bit anxious um, about, you know, where things are going, but mm. just trying to take a day at a time. Okay. And how has the Zimbabwean government reacted to this from the beginning? Was there a sense of urgency or was there a wait and see kind of approach? My feeling is it's, it's been wait and see. Mm. I think we had a bit of a shock because we initially had you know, our first confirmed case not so long ago. Um, currently, we're officially sitting at about eight cases, but initially, uh, you know, we heard from government, we've got a, 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 you know, first confirmed case, three cases. And one of the first three cases was, um, you know, well-known personality, very young chap in his 30s, oh. who recently passed away. And I think that's just sent a bit of a shockwave um, throughout Zim and I think it's sort of um, I think people have then been a bit nervous about you know about whether the government is doing everything it can mm. and whether we, we only have eight cases or whether they're more and mm. I think it's a difficult situation and it's probably like that around the country where people are in this weird sort of um, there's a weird, um, not a weird, but there's a, 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 I call it a tension or some kind of tension between what, you know, the people would like from the government, what the government's able to do or what they're saying they're doing and whether it's enough. Oh, absolutely. I think if absolutely. constant hearing about deaths just sort of makes people very nervous. Um, yes, yes. Puts a strain on that relationship and the trust. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's really interesting speaking to different people around the world in really different countries with different styles of government and the differences between when a country, when the people of a country have faith in their government and there's transparency and they feel from the beginning like everything's being done kind of the right way and the difference between countries like where I am in Australia where <laughs> things have been not like that at all and it feels like the government is just kind of reacting rather than being proactive and I mm. think it puts people in a, in a spin we've had a lot of panic buying and all that kind of thing happening here um, with no good reason other than that they just don't feel like they understand what's going on and that and it's, it's a way of coping I guess um, yeah yeah it's very hard to know what's going on because although I'm a doctor by background and, and public health is actually my area there's so much misinformation and right. 
I think, for example, testing, there's a lot of, you know, why aren't we testing more? Why can't we, you know, you know, what's happening with the month? Should I have one? Should I not? Yeah. What should I buy? How long is it going to go on for? There's a lot of information that I think we're uncertain about and it just makes it very difficult to, you know, to know what to do. And I think we default to panic buying or doing what we can, you know, whatever is in our control, we'll try and do. I agree. I agree. People, people are doing what is in their control. And, it, and I found it very interesting here in Australia where we haven't shut the schools, mm. but the government asked us state by state um, to keep our kids at home if we were able to. So within a day, 80% of kids were being I thought that was really interesting and I think that, that that part of that is that when you have your kids at home you feel like you can control that part of it I know yep. that's how I felt I was like yep I'm keeping my kids home thank you <laughs> thank you for giving me the option I will keep them here because that's something I feel that I can then control in a, in a situation that is completely out of my control mm-hmm. no, I think you're absolutely right yeah so I wasn't expecting that. I thought most people would continue to send their kids to school, but it was a, just the complete opposite. Mm. I mean, there are too many uncertainties and too many, I think, when you think about the risks about how, you know, this, you know, young people aren't at risk or vulnerable in inverted commas, but when you think of your granny or whoever it is that you know and passing it on and what could happen to someone you love, you just automatically think, right, I'm just going to err on the side of caution if I can. Sure, sure. And excuse me. Um, how long did you say? Sorry, you've been. This is your second or third week in kind of. No, sorry, you're in your fourth day. I just got off the phone. Yeah, they've been in three weeks. Lockdown. Yeah, no, we're, we're four days. In. Well, that's the other okay. thing, you know. A lot of people felt the government was too slow right. in calling down, but it's it's very difficult because you know you see now it's unfolded in different countries, and you want you want people to be more proactive. And um, I don't know. I'm I'm still not sure. Um, well, how how can anybody know? I mean, there's so much to, mm. to balance out. It's it's dif- it's difficult. I look at I was in Bali beginning of uh, sorry the end of February just before mm. the, it really kind of hit um, in, the, in this region, and they'd already stopped flights from China, and that's their second biggest um, tourist group other than Australia and they were already feeling the repercussions of that now that there's nobody traveling there I just I wonder how they will survive like literally um manage to to make ends meet when 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 a whole huge section of their main industry has been closed down and so I think it's coming out now that the Indonesian government kind of hid for a while the real numbers. They said for a long time they had no cases, but it's starting to kind of unfold now that they did, in fact. Um, but obviously they were trying to protect their main 
industry source of income. Yeah, yeah source of income you know and so it, it it's just such a horrible situation for every country in the world to 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 deal with you know the the closing down of, of non-essential businesses the, the laying off of i mean our, our airlines have basically stalled like they're they're almost bankrupt from this you know mm -hmm. we're an island and it's 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 going to be very tough has zimbabwe closed their borders to other countries now or yes we have closed our borders certainly the border to south africa is closed and you know one thing that you said that's hit home is with announcing the shutdown i think a lot of governments especially in african countries there's certain ramifications that for example people who are informal traders and vendors i mean unemployment for us in zim sits over 80 percent so most people earn a living from going to the market selling what they've got making cash so if they don't go to market they don't eat their families don't eat and you know you then say government are you able to feed all these people a lot of people don't have water and electricity at home you know and so saying you know uh shut down stay home when people will need to then go out and congregate to get water at boreholes and and things like that then means in a way you're you know yeah you need to address other wider problems because you're, you're almost defeat not defeating the purpose of the shutdown but no, I agree. by not addressing I some of these things like some of yeah. the homeless populations for example yeah um, in different countries like i know south africa have also raised the same thing it doesn't work if you don't take into account that you need to provide for certain groups of society absolutely absolutely and it's you're exactly right it's one thing to say to australia or the uk okay everybody stay home you know when mm. the majority of people can i don't know work from home or they their government is, is is able to kind of respond to the most vulnerable in the population but when the most vulnerable of your population is the majority of the population mm. it's a whole different kind of ball game i can't even imagine how a government makes those kinds of decisions mm. it's um it's yeah and it's the first time i guess we've all faced the same kind of thing other than i would argue than climate change <laughs> yes <laughs> i think this is a very <laughs> yeah i mean the difficulty with with, with climate change is uh you know the evolving nature of the threat and you don't feel it's you don't necessarily feel its immediacy all the time That's so right. you might have you know you know a cyclone or an event yeah that very much points to climate change is underlying this but again it's often not affecting everybody at the same time right so you you don't get this same phenomenon of right of we're all dealing with this together mm, yes it is in our living memory the first time that every one of us on this planet is facing this at exactly the same time mm. which is why i'm i find it so fascinating to talk to like you and so many other people in and and that we have the technology to do that <laughs> you know, I know last time this happened it would have taken weeks for information to <laughs> feed from one country to another like it's just extraordinary how that must have felt Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the role of social media and just how we're able to connect has also changed, mm. you know, the dynamic. And I think it's also 
put pressure on governments about how they respond yeah. and how they they make their decisions. Yes, oh, definitely. Whether they care to admit it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh well, thank you. I, I appreciate really appreciate you um, taking the time tonight or today where you are to, to talk to me. Um, and if it's okay with you, I'd love to check back in in a couple of weeks and see how lockdown has um, treated you. Unfolded. Yeah, sure. That yeah, no. Thank you for getting in touch. And it's always lovely to just think a hear how other people around the world are doing, and b as you say, just talk through it. And it's good to know you know we're not facing any of this alone so thank you my pleasure enjoy the rest of your day i will thank you so much Natalia. bye okay bye